Welcome to the Emotioneering Podcast with me, Melissa Curran, the founder and CEO of the Modern Mind Group. We are emotioneering human performance, not engineering it. In season one, we talked about emotioneering the modern mindset and really about those people skills and the expression and the communication. In season two that we're in now, we're going to have topics center around everything to do with emotioneering business results. And that's going to cover creating great places to work, increasing profits, human capital, the people, getting record-breaking results, and world-class employee engagement. I'm going to be interviewing guests that I know are absolute experts in this area, and will be able to share their knowledge, share their learnings on the journey with you and myself. And I'm really looking forward to getting into all things emotioneering with them. Remember to subscribe to YouTube, to the Facebook page, to Instagram, LinkedIn. And of course, you can go to the website, modernmindgroup.co.uk, and you'll get our monthly newsletter there. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Emotioneering Podcast. And my guest today, I'm super excited for this episode, is Matt Wilson, the CEO and founder of Einstein Marketer, uh, you know, leading expert in his field, really has been taking absolute strides in this space, uh, but also understands the psychological impact of, you know, marketing, having a team of people, and is here to sort of share his wisdom uh, with us today and have a chat. So welcome, Matt. Yeah, thanks for having me, Melissa. Excited. Yeah, me too. Absolutely to, to jump into this. So, I mean, tell us a little bit about you, you know, you, your background, who you are as Matt Wilson, um, but also, you know, a little bit about Einstein Marketer. Yeah, okay, cool. I'm a father of three, I suppose. Let's start there. Father of three. I had my third kid by the time I was 25, believe it or not, which was probably a crazy decision at the time. Although it wasn't really a decision because they just sort of sprung out of nowhere. But um I, I, I was a, a you know a dad of three quite early on, which really sort of pushed me to want to do more with my life. I had two routes to go down. Obviously, I could have done what everyone else with kids my age did, and you know don't support them, you know don't be a good role model, don't be a good leader for them, or I could try to get you know and give them a better life, a life that I didn't have. So that was like one of my biggest sort of pushes and motivations to start a business. Really, you know that was the that was one of the main driving forces behind wanting to have a business to be financially free and all that sort of stuff and I um I got into marketing um pretty much by fluke actually I was a salesperson so I, I was in sales hardcore sales you know cold calling um brutal environment to be in loads of pressure right being made to hit targets and do all of this sort of stuff and I remember one day I just sort of I, I just sort of thought to myself why are we calling people that don't even know who we are you know, why are we calling people that have got no idea what we do or, 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 or who our business is? And it, it sort of aroused a question in my brain, which is there must be a better way. What is a better way to get people, you know, to actually want to talk to us? And that sort of sent me down this huge rabbit hole of learning about marketing at the time. This is like 12 years ago now, 13, 13 years ago, God. I'm getting old 13 years ago now it was just google ads that was all there was and i started like learning everything i could about google ads i was working flat out in london traveling loads but then i was coming back and i was spending all my free time learning about marketing and 
I approached the uh, MD at the time of the company that I worked for and basically just said to him, look, I've been learning this stuff, this thing, because at the time they used to buy lists, you know, as lots of businesses still do even today. They buy lists and it's like, yeah, just call these people that have got no idea who you are. And they used to spend a lot of money on this. You know, I found out, I remember the day I found out still like as clear as day in my head when they told me how much one of these names on this list that we were calling would cost. And it was something ridiculous, like 15 quid or something per name, per, per name and email per, and number based, based, based on the fact they didn't know anything about us as well, which I, I was just, I just thought was mad. And I sort of said to him, look, I've been doing some research. I think that I could set up a campaign if you give me a little test budget and get better quality leads for, all right, they might be more expensive, but at least they'll know who we are and they've actually given us their information. And um, he gave me that test budget of £1,000. That £1,000 ended up generating just shy of £10,000 that he gave me. And the lead costs weren't even much more expensive. It was roughly about the same. But these people now had seen an ad after searching for a keyword. They'd gone to a page. They'd given us their information. And we were calling them up. So the conversation was so much warmer. Um, and then I ended up basically in that. I moved away from sales. And they just had me doing all the marketing. They literally just had me doing all of the ads for them. And it was around that sort of time that I... Um, I got a, a job offer more local to where I was because, again, I, I just at this time I'd had two kids, three on, a third on the way, and I was I was travelling too much. I weren't seeing the family enough, and there was this job offer that came up really close to where I was, and it was a, it was for a guy called Andy Harrington, who's like a big sort of public speaker. Um, he does seminars and things like that, but he's like in my town. He lives literally just down the road from where I lived, so I applied for that job. And, and ended up being his marketing manager. And then from there, I sort of ended up running his company. I ended up being MD of that company, building that from a six-figure business at the time to an eight-figure business um, by building his team and, and just, just doing loads of marketing stuff. Um, and then I started Einstein Marketer from there. You know, I just wanted my own thing. I wanted to spread my own wings. And I knew that I could take what I, what I can do and, and help more people than just him. So that inspired me to start my agency, which you know as Einstein Marketer. That's it in a nutshell. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's fantastic. And thank you for sharing that story with us. So, And how long, is that, how long has it been now since you started Einstein Marketer? So I started Einstein. Uh, we formatted the company um, just under four years ago now. And, you know, it's really been – because at the time, Andy was very, very kind, and he sort of let me do both – I could take on some of my own clients under Einstein, but I was still running his company because I loved, I loved what I did there. But then there was a time, which is, which is about two and a half years ago, where I said, look, man, I've got to, I've got to completely focus on Einstein now um, because it deserves my attention right now. I'm just spread across two things. It's not fair on anyone. So um, really focusing on it now for about two and a half years, I'd say, like full time, you know. Yeah, that well, and and look, you know, I, I feel the magic and things really starting to turn, and and it's yeah, it's been great to to sort of get to know you, and why I wanted to really you know invite you on because I feel your energy, I feel your passion for people, Matt, for really helping people. So you know, to to talk about emotioneering, and and really, it is about looking at okay how do we engineer stuff but actually emotioneer it with the humans that we have whether that's the the humans that you're helping kind of you know get their marketing off the ground or the team that you have 
uh, that work with you. Um, so, I mean, t- tell me a little bit about the first employee that you took on and who they were. Yeah, so my first one was an, an unusual one, really, because, you know, traditionally how I've been taught from people like Andy and lots of other sort of entrepreneurial buddies, you know, the first one really should be someone that can either make you money or save you a bit of time. So, you know, a PA is normally a good first hire, right, just to get some of the workload, you know, the, the, the non-income generating tasks off your hands, like replying to emails, getting appointments and all this sort of stuff. And or get someone in that can make you money. So bring in a salesperson. And that was that that's like what I'd learned. But with mine, I wanted to build Einstein Marketer again. I, I was really focusing on the brand side of things. So I really wanted to, from day one, get a really good brand reputation out there in the market and start being known as this sort of go-to, go-to resource for digital marketing education, really. That's what that's the main thing we're trying to do. So mine was a content director. It was a guy called Josh Barney, um, who I knew, um, I didn't know well, but he was he was one of my brother's really good friends at university. And he was a writer. So he was, an, he, he, you know, he, he was an amazing writer, storyteller. He's written a few books and things like that, but all story-based stuff. And what I wanted to do was I wanted to take what we learn in the agency, because at the time I think we were spending over a hundred grand a month on ads, maybe even closer to two when I first took him on. We're spending a lot of money on ads. So we were learning a lot of stuff. Like really we were learning and we were testing some incredible things that we wanted to share. And I wanted him to come in and basically uh, I'll teach him what we're doing. He then writes blog posts around that content and and, and starts building the blog for us because EinsteinMarket.com really is just a blog. And it's something that I wanted to use to build that reputation you know by offering loads of really good valuable free information to small business owners to help them you know compete in the world of digital marketing against the big boys and i thought look i'm 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 working for the big boys in my agency so why don't we take what we learn and put it into a format where people can learn as well and and he literally took that role by the horns you know he, what he, what he was very very good at was taking complex stuff that he had no idea what he knew nothing about it at the time so there was a lot of me teaching him as well as showing him but then what he was able to do which was amazing was he was able to create these really engaging blog posts step-by-step guides a lot of them showing people how to do what we were doing and he started going to work on the blog full-time now bearing in mind this was this is an employee that to start with was costing me 25 grand a year not making me anything because I knew that it was a long-term play. I knew that him doing that full-time probably wasn't going to make us any money for at least a year because, you know, it takes a lot of time to build up a blog, like your blog post, you know, to make it work. You've got to start getting seen in the, in the search engines. People have got to start finding you and then visit your blog and then hopefully inquire. <laughs> so it's a long-term strategy, um, but it's definitely paid off now because, you know, uh, Three years later, from when I took him on, you know, we get 50,000 plus visitors a month to our site now, all from Google, all from the work that he's been doing over that period of time. And we get, you know, thousands of people join our list every month from that, which doesn't really cost us anything, although it has cost me a shitload up until this point. Oh, sorry, I just swore there. And, uh, and, um, it builds our brand reputation. You know, we get we get approached by people that want us to speak on their stages. Some huge guys that run huge companies come to us asking us for help because they've found our blog. 
Um, so that was my first hire. Bit of an unusual one for a first hire. I wouldn't recommend it to most people, but we were in a financial situation where it was fine for me to do. I could justify doing it based on where I wanted to go. Yeah, yeah. That, and that's a good point, that, that justification. So let's dig into that a little bit more. So, mm. you know, you take him on, you know he's going to cost 25 grand a year. You, you're like, right, he's, you know, I know he's able to kind of do the stuff that I want him to do. But how does it feel as a leader when you take on that first employee and you kind of know, right, I'm going to be paying, you know, 25 grand for the for this human being? Like, what do you think? What went through your head at that point? Can you remember? Uh, yeah, I mean, when I actually hired it, it was just it was a completely good idea when I actually did it. But then once one month, two months, three months, four months goes by and reality of not making any income from that money you're spending kicks in. There, there are times when you're like, did I make have I made the right choice there? You know, is it going to be worth it long term? So I just had to keep reminding myself about the long term vision of where we wanted to go and the brand that we were trying to build, because that then, you know, sort of uh, comforted me when I was having those moments of like, oh, my God, what am I doing paying this guy this much money when we're not getting anything back from it? Yeah. Yeah, I get that. And and what about from um, sort of a perspective of, you know, you're now responsible for this other human being? Like, was there any sort of thoughts like that or kind of getting him set up? And Yeah, I mean, you know, I was I was sort of lucky because I'd had a lot of that stuff as, as an MD of a company. You know, I took Andy, the company that I ran before my own. I, I took that from literally just two employees. So like me and someone else to 12 employees. So I sort of had the the aspect of responsibility. All right. Knowing that I was responsible for their well-being and, you know, making sure their day to day is good and all of that sort of stuff. But financially, it was never on my shoulders because someone else was paying their salary. So when it was mine, it was a scary thing. You know, it was like now if something goes wrong, it ain't just me that's going to be affected. It's someone else. Someone else ain't going to be able to pay their bills. Um, but in all honesty, and then and then obviously that just intensifies as you get more staff because your payroll goes from two and a half grand a month to twenty five, um, you know, in fairly in in a fairly quick time. But uh, it's weird. That's what keeps me going. You know, that is it's very strange. Like sometimes I can't be bothered to get up and do what I do and get into work. And sometimes I'm just like, oh, I can't be asked. But knowing that you've got now, well, I've, you know, here we've got um, 10 employees now, knowing that you've got 10 lives on your shoulders and you're not just doing it for you and it's not just you that ain't going to be able to pay your bills or whatever, it's these other guys that are relying on you, that you, it can, it, uh, the pressure I'm sure can get to people and, and sort of cripple them a little bit, but it actually does the opposite for me. That's what gets me up and gets me out of bed, you know, is making sure that I'm doing it for them. Yeah, that, that that's fantastic that you feel that way. And again, just ab, you know, advocating why you should be on the show and why we're interviewing you today. So absolutely <laughs> brilliant for for those that are listening. And you know, it is really about you know the people as well as the process. But I mean, over the journey, then so obviously it's been you know the last kind of two and a half years. Would you or or even as an MD previously, what do you think has been your biggest team challenge or something that you have really kind of learned along the way? Um, communication, I think for me, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a very sort of, um, uh, what's the word like internal, internal guy. 
you know, I can get I can get zoned into what I'm doing. And it's really, really easy for me to just forget that all of these other people have got other needs. And communication, I think, is a big one. So, you know, regular chats and check-ins with them and meetings and all that doesn't come naturally, you know, but it's very, very important to a lot of people just to sort of, you know, so that they've got clarity on your vision as well and not just you. And, and I, I, I still now have to consciously sort of remind myself, okay, yeah, yeah, it's not just you here, you know, bring the other guys, get them involved. Because as a leader as well, and, and, and this happens when you first take someone on and you're trying to teach them a role, it, it's really, really easy to just say, okay, it's going to take me an hour to teach this person to do this, or I could do it in five minutes. And, and you, it's really easy to just think, you know, F it. I'll try not to swear on your podcast, All right? <laughs> F it. I'm going to, I'm just going to do it myself. They can, they are teach them another day when I'm not as busy, but then that'll happen again and again and again. So it's, it's, it's also remembering that again, long-term vision. If, all right. It's going to cost you an hour longer today to do it, but then it's going to save you all of those five minutes the next time that role or that job or that responsibility comes up further down the line. So a big thing I think is a big challenge was definitely, communication and um what's the word you know outsourcing it to them uh, delegating it that's it delegation that was definitely a big challenge the actual delegation part um but after you know 10 employees now it gets easier but it is like a muscle you have to train and i still have to you know snap myself out of it sometimes to make sure that that's done properly oh that's a, that's a brilliant lesson and, and thank you for sharing that with us but it, would you say then that that is the biggest thing for you that has changed like a previous belief about employees and teams versus what your beliefs are now or do you think there has been anything else no that is it that's that, that's definitely the biggest one yeah you know that they can they can do the things that you do but also they can do them better than you do because they will give it more time and focus than you might be able to you know, because this is the, this is this is like a, a false belief in a lot of people's limiting belief as well in a lot of people's minds is is you know teaching them it's one thing, but then coming um, getting to grips with the fact because it is a fact that actually once you teach it to them, they because it's their role, their responsibility, and they own it, and you've got loads of other things to do. They can actually do the job better than you can, you know, and it's and it's like it, that's quite hard to accept sometimes, but once you accept it. That also makes the delegation part a lot easier because you can keep that end goal in mind, you know, that not only are they going to take it off your hands, but the job will be getting done better and more efficiently as well. Yeah, that's that's a brilliant, brilliant point. And it brings me on to my next question, actually. Like, what do you love about really unlocking the potential in people? Because I know you do a lot of training. You talked about the education side. You're obviously delegating and training the people in-house as well to do the stuff. But what do you really love about it? Um, just seeing, just seeing that, just seeing their excitement and and my, I suppose my passion transfer onto them. Once they actually understand something that you've taught them, um, you, you know they can be just as passionate about it as you are. And seeing that really is great. You know, for instance, um, like we got two media buyers here at Einstein Market, Charlie and Carl. You know, I used to run all of the Facebook ads before. And, you know, now they know way more about it than I do. And it's that, you know, seeing that growth of, God, that person didn't even know how to 
run an ad or, or sorry, even just create an ad or an ad campaign in Facebook. But now they're running, you know, multiple six figure campaigns every single month and seeing how much they're enjoying it and the growth that they're going through and learning more stuff. You know, that's really cool. Let's look at your team in Einstein and they're there. There's 10 people like what do you do? What are some of the initiatives that you have as a leader or you have as a company that really help to keep their engagement and their motivation going? The, the, the main thing, number one for everyone is, is investing in training for them. You know, I spend uh, or I've spent tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, actually, on courses, masterminds, seminars, um, one-on-one mentoring sessions for them with guys that I know, you know, can teach them some stuff, which is just going to, you know, help them obviously grow as well, but also help the business. And and I try as much as I can to focus on that and remember to always invest in their training so they're always learning something. There's so many great, like, learning trainings and courses out there and, you know, if you were to, it's goes, it goes such a long way to buy that for your team member and let them know, look, this has cost me two grand, this thing. And I want you to go through it because it's going to teach you how to do all of this stuff for me. But more importantly, you've now got that knowledge. You know, you've got that knowledge. So if one day you did leave, that knowledge that I've played for you, like, like a university education would. You know, you get a loan out for that sort of stuff and you spend tens of thousands for that. It doesn't really teach you anything. But this is actual tangible knowledge that you've got now. So I try to always invest in their training of some sort. And that goes right through the, you know, right through the uh, the, the, the company from the PA, my PA, all the way, all the way to the salespeople. Fantastic. So yeah, training, training's a big one massive so I'm a big investor of people you'll be able to go for that award I'm sure at some point Matt then <laughs> with that um so like if there's someone out there now that's listening to you know to to this and to you as you know kind of a, a you know couple two three years into your kind of team journey and they're struggling with their team uh what would you say to them what would be your advice um struggling struggling how Yes, that's, that's a bit, that's struggling, struggling to, to, to build it or they've got a team and they're struggling. They've got a team and they're, they're struggling. I don't know, with engagement, motivation, with maybe getting them to gel together. Any of, yeah. any thoughts come to your mind on that? So, I mean, there's lots of stuff. I mean, first of all, you've always, you've always got to ask yourself the question, do you have the right people? You know, I think that that's a big one. Do you have the right person? Is the reason that you're struggling just because you haven't got the right person? You know, that's that's definitely a big one. But in terms of keep getting them motivated, I would just say, you know, bring them into the vision, bring them into where you want to go, get them excited around about your goals and where you want the business to go. Have little incentives in place, you know, days and nights out, rest, you know, lunch and things like that, just bonding experiences that you can have together. I mean, you know, in the past we've done like Ibiza trips, you know, believe it or not, we've done, you know, reg- regular, regular, I'll take them out for lunch, you know, to a nice restaurant around the corner here, just team bonding stuff, right? But also as well, let them do things without you as well. So let them go and have some sort of, you know, meal out, for instance, let's just use that as an example, without you being there as well, where you just treat them, that goes a long way as well. What you're always trying to build is loyalty. And I think the the, the best way to do that in a business and, and by being a leader 
is first of all by leading by example you know that's a big one leading by example but then also always constantly having their backs so a really good example for this in our place is a client if a client for whatever reason is unhappy you know the the easy thing to do is to immediately in front of that person I, and I've, I've never done this but i've seen this happen um in front of the staff member is to publicly in front of the client as well you know give them a bollocking or take that client side you know the first thing that you've got to do is remember that your, your loyalty is to that staff member not to the client first of all now if it if it comes out that your staff member is in the wrong then we'll get to that in a second but never ever jump down someone's throat one of your staff members just because a client has said something because what this does subconsciously to your staff members is it says that you haven't got my back if shit hits the fan swore again if it if it hits the if it hits the fan you ain't you you're not going to have my back so guess what if something hits the fan for, uh, for me i'm not going to have your back and then and it goes both ways. And this is where you get people leaving. This is where you can get people stealing clients. This is where you can get people backstabbing because that loyalty isn't in place. And the loyalty is always built from trust. Has that has this person got my back? I, that, my team know that I'm I'm the hardest worker in this place. They know that. Like they know that I would never get them to do something that I wouldn't be willing to do. They know that as well. You know, uh, I used to work in a factory when I was younger and, and it, this was like old school management mentality where you had a manager in place who was literally there because of the qualifications he had, not because how well he knew the job. And they used to sit up in an office, they used to come down and they used to like, they used to bollock you, shout at you for things not going wrong. They, but they had no idea what they were doing in terms of like the actual work you know, and, and it, it, it's like that. So we had no respect for those types of managers. That when there was a manager in that factory that actually come from where we were, down in the ground, in the trenches, that had actually been through it, that guy got more respect than any of the other managers. Because as a team member, you knew that if he's telling you to do something, that's because he knows how to do it. He's done it before and he will do it again if it comes to it. You know, it's, it's that leader's mentality and loyalty that you're trying to build there. So I don't know where I went with that, but well, you took us on a you took us on a Matt Wilson masterclass of, uh, <laughs> of leadership. I think no, that yeah. was absolutely brilliant. I couldn't agree with you more. I'm sure the audience will absolutely agree with that as well. And and it will be food for thought for some people that maybe are still reprimanding in in public and aren't really actually having their teams back. When you know, I I absolutely could not agree with you more on that because at the end of the day, what example are you actually setting? Right. And um, yeah, totally, totally agree. So what have you seen then with your team or, or teams in general? Because obviously you have previous experience um, as well. What do you see that really affects a team's emotional energy? Like, What do they really care about? What do they get annoyed about? What frustrates them? What kind of stuff gets them singing? You know, if you could just share your thoughts on that. I mean, for, for us anyway, you know, we're, we're a sort of results driven business, really. So we deal with clients and help them get a result. And it's it and, it and it is just that, you know, client wins is the big one. You know, client wins is what really gets them excited on a day to day basis. I think more more sort of long term, broader vision stuff would be big achievements that we hit as a team, as a culture, as a company. For instance, the the, the, the event that we did the entrepreneurs marketing conference, you know, that's a big one. 
because that's an event that we do. We've done it twice now. We do it once a year. And that's a time where the team, my guys, because they come along obviously with us, they're there the whole weekend as well. They can actually see 350 people in front of them in a room that have been affected by something that they've done, you know, an ad that they've run. They're in the room because of that ad that, you know, Charlie run or Kyle run. Um, they're also in the room because they got sold on the phone by one of my sales guys. They're probably also in the room as well because at some point they've actually spoke to Helen, my PA, who's emailed them or whatever, and they get to come and see that. You know, that's like a really big thing. That's an ever blast there as well. So I think it's it's actually seeing that the good you're doing with your own eyes, you know. So and this is the thing as well. It's so easy for for you to let your team just sit behind the computer the whole time and not actually see the results that your business is getting for people and the lives that you're changing. Depending, and again, it, it doesn't matter what business you're in. You, we're, we're, we're all in the business of helping people. It's the only reason why people will pay you money is because you're helping them in some way. It's giving them access to see that with their own eyes, those results, you know, sharing a client's success, sharing something that one of your clients has achieved based on your working with your business and sharing that is what would keep them going and inspiring them, I think. Yeah, the the whole thing about and, and also being reminded of that, right, by you or by other leaders in the business that reminds them of those things. Because I think often what I see with employees, they can often get, you know, into what they're doing on the day to day and really, like you said, forget about that impact. So amazing. And also to see the energy when you talk about it, that those, you know, those really high points for the business that you really celebrate as a team. So so again, just thanks for for sharing that with us, Matt. So if you were going to describe Einstein Marketer in, you know, as a company, the culture of it within, you know, two or three words, what would you say? Um, <clears throat> fun, passionate, hardworking. Boom. Yeah, fun, passionate and hardworking. We, 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 we have a lot of fun, uh, but we work hard as well. You know, I try to make it a really good balance here. So the office itself you know, it's quite a cool office. We've got a pool table down in the, in the, in the lobby. You know, we've got like a, uh, we've got like a, a retro gaming machine down there with like Pac-Man and um, Donkey Kong and all those games on it. We've got, um, you know, vending machines, all that sort of stuff. And we, we, we try, I try to make it as, as laid back and relaxed as possible because I think that's what gets the best out of people. Um you know, there's a, there's obviously a line there, obviously, but you know, for instance, we there's no dress code here. You know, there's no dress code here because at the end of the day, I want people to feel comfortable and feel like themselves. I went through years in London of wearing a suit every day, and it was just like it's not me. You know, you've seen before. I've wear I wear shorts on stage and things like that when I speak and things like that. So I sort of transfer that into the office as well, um, and you know no like holidays we don't count holidays for instance you know we, we just they can just have days off when they want funny thing about that is they end up having less days off than if you gave them a number that's fact as well you know i don't think there's been one time where someone's had more days off than what they would have if i gave them that you know whatever it is i think it's like 20 odd i don't even see i don't even know what it is it's like 20 odd days they're allowed or something a yeah. year Minimum right. like twenty plus uh, 20, other colleagues, yeah, twenty eight. Just yeah, whatever. If you want, you want a week off, just let me know. But as long as the work's done, 
as long as the work's getting done, like, and again, like day to day as well. So if someone wants to leave at two o'clock, sweet, you've done everything that you can do today. Yeah. All right. See you later. See you tomorrow. You know, there's no, so, so, but again, this goes back to building loyalty as well. You know, this, this, this type of stuff will build, will build loyalty because I give them that freedom. I give them that respect. I'm not expecting them or bollocking them when they come in like three minutes late. You know, like some places still do. Like I, that used to used to, used to happen to me. Three minutes late, God, mate, game over for you. You know, so it, but but again, it's it's that freedom that that when when I need them, uh, you know, all of that stuff's in a bank in their minds. So if I need them, which happens a lot, if they need to pull a shift on a weekend or answer a client at nine pm, they'll do it because they get the freedom elsewhere. Yeah. That's awesome. Brilliant. Thank you. And yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure you'll have a couple of people probably after this podcast sending you some uh, the CVs and recruitment. <laughs> <laughs> You're definitely going to be reeling them in, Matt. Um, so let moving on to marketing then, right? And I know we touched on it at the beginning, but to, to, to kind of bring it back uh, sort of full circle, you know, it, it's an emotionally charged area of a business for a business owner. And I've definitely seen that myself. Um, why would you say that is? What do you think? Oh, because there's money on the line, I think, in a lot of ways. In in well, in most instances, people think of marketing, there's money on the line, you know. So first of all, for a lot of businesses, it's scary to spend money on marketing. Um, and, you know, especially if you don't really know what you're doing or, or you're just trusting somebody else. I think people need a better understanding of marketing. It's one of the reasons why we do what we do. I think everyone, no matter where you are in the business, like especially if you're the, the the higher up person, if you're like the CEO, the director or whatever, you need a base level understanding of marketing. And I think loads of business owners don't have that. They will just outsource marketing or they'll bring someone in and they've got no understanding. Now, the problem with that is, Marketing can be a complicated thing, can be, and it definitely can be made to be complicated by someone that's just trying to get money out of you, you know. So if you haven't got at least a base level understanding of it, you can't call people on, on shit. You can't call people on their waffle, you know. How's marketing going this month? Oh, you know, it's done this and it's done. And then what they'll try and do is they'll try and complicate it with loads of flashy terms and click-through rates and all this sort of stuff. And you'll be like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that makes sense. But if you've got the ability and the knowledge to sort of say, yeah, but hold on, that don't make sense. Because if that was the case, then this would happen. And then if you've not got that base level understanding to at least call them on stuff, you're really going to struggle, you know? Yeah. So... A lot of it comes from the fact that they don't have enough knowledge of it. And then the second thing is that people are very, very scared to spend money um, with, with a hope that it's going to make them a return. Let's call it that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, you know, being at the roulette table, isn't it? You put your you put your money down on the different numbers. And but but at the same, it's not really because you understand it. But the point is, I think from. For maybe outside in it could be considered that they're, they're gambling or there's a risk with it but actually and I, I've, I've started to understand a lot more of what you do and and through your education understand this that it is about performance it is about you know looking at it testing it trying it again not just thinking oh yeah I'll just splash out on that and of course it's going to bring me money in it's like you said it's understanding and that knowledge that can kind of take that fear away um yeah great and and 
I mean, if they're out there now and there's business leaders, business owners listening to this and they're kind of feeling a little bit overwhelmed with their marketing, what would kind of be your top three um, piece of advice for them or something that you could give them today to do? I mean, you know, just educate yourself mainly, you know, you know, use EinsteinMarket.com. It's just a blog, but they've got some really good resources, step-by-step guides on a lot of the stuff. I think... Nine, 90% of businesses now need to be looking online. They need to be looking at digital channels to advertise, social media, Google, you know, YouTube, all these platforms, these online platforms. I think a, a big part of that, going back to that last question, a big part of it is because, you know, traditional marketing education. So, you know, someone might have a business degree that's listening and they're an MD of their own company. And in that business degree, they learned about marketing. But you've got like marketing education in colleges and universities. It's like 10, 15 years behind, which is like it, they, they might as well be in the Stone Ages. So a lot of their how they think about marketing is, OK, yeah, I'm going to have to spend at least five grand on this ad on this newspaper ad campaign or this radio campaign, because that's the barrier of entry. The barrier of entry in the more traditional sense, um, direct mail, uh, newspapers, TV, radio, the barrier of entry is thousands, thousands of pounds. So first of all, the risk is a lot higher. But, you know, secondly, the results are never going to be uh, as good as they could be online. And the beautiful thing about digital is your, your barrier of entry is a pound. Literally, you could spend a pound if you wanted to. You know, so immediately lowers the barrier of entry. So educate yourself, but then don't forget that when you when you do this and when you try to come up with a campaign and attack in a campaign, like you've just said, you can do it on a test budget. You can test very, very small to see what bikes you get, to see how much it costs you to get a lead, to see how much it costs you to convert a sale, et cetera, et cetera, without spending five grand and then you literally have to cross your fingers to see if that happens you can set something up and test really really small so educate yourself test small and then don't actually make the decision to spend you know thousands of pounds or scale of marketing budget until you've got at least some idea if it's going to work or not yeah there you go you have you've heard it from the man himself you know it is really about finding that combination isn't it and and what's going to work for you brilliant advice there matt thank you and here's a fun question for you then as we're coming towards the end of the interview. If you had Matt Wilson has a dinner, he's hosting a dinner, he's going to invite three guests, dead or alive, who would they be? Oh, a really good question. Richard Branson, definitely. Nice. One of my favourite entrepreneurs. He was, he, I read his book um, when I was in the factory, actually, when I was just sort of, you know, discovering this whole world of entrepreneurship and businesses and all this sort of stuff. And his story really resonated with me just because of his background, really similar to mine. I'd love to sit down and just get to know him. Um, who else? Second would be um, David Ogilvie, definitely, 100%, one of the greatest marketers that's ever lived. I'd love to sit down with him. He's like one of the, you know, really famous advertising men from, from New York from back in the day. And then who else? Lastly, it would have to be um, Muhammad Ali. Oh, 
Muhammad Ali in his prime when he could talk to me. Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, uh, Matt yeah. Wilson and Muhammad That's Ali. <laughs> I'd, lo- I'd, lo- I'd love to sit down with him and ask him some questions, yeah. Yeah, well, if you if you could, I'm sure then Richard Branson would say yes as well, right? Yeah. <laughs> <So> you would, <laughs> you'd get the other two in the bag. The other two, Muhammad yeah, for sure. well Matt it has been an absolute pleasure to interview you today thank you for coming on the Emotioneering podcast and uh, we hope that many of you take a lot away from this conversation and uh, yeah just keep Emotioneering your team thanks for listening to the Emotioneering podcast with me Melissa Curran today it's been great remember to subscribe to Facebook LinkedIn YouTube or all three you can also come to the website modernmindgroup.com where you can subscribe there stay in contact and let us know what you really think give us the feedback this is going to get better by knowing what you think Uh, has this given you food for thought has it helped you change something what has it inspired let us know because that's why we're doing it it's all about the people 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 (laughs) have a great day and ciao for now